everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It is Monday. It's May 2nd. It is 2022. We have six MLB games to talk about here on today's podcast. Fun slate. A lot of a lot of interesting choices we're going to be making at, I mean, pitching for one, um, because we don't have any big time names on this slate. And even some of the pitchers that are good pitchers, above average pitchers are in interesting spots. So a lot to talk about here as far as pitching goes on this slate. I'm joined today by my buddy, Keith Eister, eyes 819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Yeah, not much. Uh, six games on the slate, but like you said, a couple interesting decisions, some some odd pricing, which, I mean, when, when there's only six games, you sometimes get that. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about some some things that are too expensive, some things that are too cheap for sure, but uh, should be a good, good little slate here for a Monday. All right, well, let's jump right in here. We get started. Arizona Diamondbacks at Miami taking on the Marlins. This game currently at a six and a half total, and the Marlins are a 150 favorite. We got Zach Gollin going against Pablo Lopez. Um, I mean, starting here right off the bat, Zach Gollin in a matchup going into Miami. One of, I think this might actually be the lowest total on the slates. Um, what are your thoughts here on Zach Gollin? Yeah, he just he feels a little bit too cheap. Um, Miami one of the heaviest strikeout teams in, in all of baseball. Um, Gallon has been off to a pretty good start this year. Uh, ERA has been below one. Um, hadn't pitched really deep into a game until his last time out when he went 90 pitches against the Dodgers, uh, six really strong innings. So now he gets the, the cake matchup against Miami in one of the best pitchers parks. So he, he's a little bit underpriced. Um, I think he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. Yeah, Miami team that there's a ton of strikeouts, like you said, in this lineup. I think Rojas was the only guy in the lineup on Sunday um, against Logan Gilbert that had a strikeout rate under 15%. Um, you know, Cooper, Sanchez, Soler, Garcia, Birdie, they all strike out such a high clip. Um, Gollin here at 7,600, too cheap on a slate where we don't have any studs. He's in Miami in this ballpark he should cruise in this game and pitch really well. So going to be popular game theory wise, you could definitely be underweight on him, but point per dollar wise, he's one of the best pitchers on the slate. And I mean, the other side of this game, you got Pablo Lopez and he on the other side is, you know, a stud, uh, you know, when we're looking at this slate as a whole, he has a 27% K rate, 6% walk rate, 3.5 uh, XFIP, 34.2% strikeout rate against righties. He is someone that is much better against righties than he is against lefties. This lineup is going to feature six lefties, but they're just not very good lefties. So I think Pablo Lopez, even at 10K here, he just he pitches well. He cruises. He's thrown at least six innings and in back-to-back starts here. Um, at least 84 pitches in three straight. Like I just Lopez and Gollin in the same game make a ton of sense here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Um, you wouldn't normally think paying 10k for Pablo Lopez would be all right, but I, I think on this slate it's perfectly fine. Uh, weak Arizona offense. 
Arizona struck out quite a bit this year. Uh, I believe I looked it up before the show where to, uh, seventh in strikeout rate to begin the season. Um, so not a team that t- struck out a ton last year, but they have been pretty strikeout heavy here in the beginning uh, of 2022. So um, definitely like Lopez here talked about the ballpark um, and a weak Arizona offense. I think paying 10 K for Pablo Lopez is, is in play. I mean, as far as bats go in this game, I guess we should have noted too that Jazz might not be in the lineup for Miami. Um, he was like, it almost sounded like dehydration type stuff, um, like the cramping and the stomach issues. So we'll have to kind of see with him. But I mean, on the Arizona side, I could see using like Kettle Marte. I know he's kind of off to a slow start, he's so cheap. What are your thoughts here um, on Arizona? Yeah, all of them are, are pretty cheap, but we kind of talked about it. Just not, not a ton of um, power in this lineup. Just not a great, talented lineup overall. So Lopez is, is a very talented pitcher. I, I don't think I'll be picking on him. Um, just a tough ballpark for home runs. So I don't want to even chase like, power one-offs or anything i'm i'm pretty much going to be avoiding arizona even though they're they're pretty cheap here i'll probably pass on the miami side of this game too just bats in this game i mean there are plenty of bats on a six game slate just in general here where i think we're gonna find no trouble getting to some bats so i think just kind of playing the pitching in this game is where i'm at do you have any interest in miami no, I, I really don't. Um, I, Gallon's a really good pitcher as well, uh, not the ballpark. Uh, yeah, just I, I want the pitching in this game, probably avoiding both offenses. To keep muting my mic, I'm like sneezing over here. It's like there's something like stuck in my nose. It's the weirdest feeling. Anyway, <laughs> anyone that's driving to work this morning listening to the podcast, they feel me because it's happened to them, especially in the car or something like that. You can't stop sneezing. Anyway. Minnesota at Baltimore facing the Orioles. We got Paddock and Tyler Wells. This game at a seven and a half total. And the Twins, a 155 favorite. Chris Paddock is 7,200 coming off of his best start of the season against Detroit. Um, Still hasn't looked like the dominant Chris Paddock that we all kind of were expecting, um, you know, when he got to the big leagues. And, I mean, he was he was really solid there for a little while. My problem with Paddock right now is that the strikeout rate's still not there. And, like, I don't know. It's better than it was last year. The walk weight rate is way down. He's had two good matchups. Not saying that this matchup is bad by any means. Um, maybe I'm looking at Paddock as a pivot here. Yeah, I, I think he's in play. Um, Gallon will be more popular, I think, in this in this range. So he he probably comes with less ownership than he would if he was the only viable cheap starting pitcher. Um, good matchup against Baltimore. Uh, they are actually the heaviest strikeout team so far in the, the early going of this season. So you mentioned that strikeout rate for Paddock, and just keep waiting for it to rebound to. Uh, level similar to what we saw in his rookie season a couple years ago, but uh, they they've definitely been down. Um, the control is is back, so that that's encouraging. Um, and this is a, this is a good matchup. So 
I'll probably sprinkle him in a little bit. I think it's dependent upon ownership, but I'm, I'm pretty confident Gallon will be the more popular of the two. So I think Paddock does make for a, a pretty decent tournament pivot. I could see playing both the cheap guys and just not playing Lopez and just stacking up bats on the slate too. Um, I think there's some merit to that. And I mean, I kind of want to see what his ownership is, but if he can get around like the first like three or four guys here, there's a ton of strikeouts in the bottom half of this Baltimore lineup, especially like if Odor is in there, um, Nevin, Mateo, Bem Boom, like these dudes, big, big strikeout rates. So uh, Tyler Wells on the other side of this game. I mean, there's some strikeouts in the Minnesota lineup. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know what to really expect here from from Tyler Wells. You know, he's 5,100. He's shown a little bit of strikeout upside, you know, especially last season when he was kind of working out of the bullpen. But now, like, there's they're trying to stretch him out. So maybe he gets 80 pitches here. Do you have interest in Wells? I, I think I need to see a few more pitches out of him. Um, he did get up to 72 in his last start made it through five innings. Um, but like you said, that, that strikeout rate just isn't what it was out of the bullpen. Um, Minnesota's got some power bats. So I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think we'll need to go down this slow. Um, there's, there's quite a few pitchers to like actually on this slate. So I don't think I'll be chasing Wells here until I see a few more pitches out of him. Yeah. I mean, I could see playing him here. I really could. Um, because I don't think, like, outside of Paddock and Gallon, I don't want to play Jeffries. I don't want to play to Rizzi, and I don't want to play Stripling. So if I'm going to punt a pitcher and just load up on bats, like Tyler Wells is probably that guy. I don't feel great about it. But even like Jordan Montgomery going up against Toronto, probably don't want to play him. Uh, we'll talk about Rasmussen. He is another guy that, you know, potentially sets up as a play today but he's not like this cheap guy. So, I mean, I think Wells, if you want to punt, he's there. You know, you're kind of hoping for 80 pitches out of him. Minnesota bats, though, you know, looking at the Minnesota bats, you know, I, I think Buxton, even at 5,700, is in play on this slate. Max Kepler, 3,400 for a dude that is – he has five home runs on the season, and he's hitting like 250. But, I mean, he – he has more 20-point games than a lot of guys over 4K uh, this season. So I keep playing Kepler. I think Polanco's too cheap. So, well, while I don't mind potentially punting with Wells, I could definitely see loading up on some Minnesota bats here. Yeah, I, I like Minnesota a good amount. Uh, Kepler is the one that jumps off the page, like you mentioned. Uh, just a, a talented hitter, and he's only 3,400. Probably bats in the middle of the lineup. Uh, Polanco is underpriced as well. Will most likely be at the top of the lineup. Uh, Buxton, uh, just a phenomenal option. A little bit of a slow start for Correa, but I, I think he's in play here as well, particularly in a stack. Um, depending on where Arise is batting, I think you could include him in your Minnesota stack as well. So I like Minnesota a good amount. Um, Larnock is, is 2,500 if he cracks the lineup. Another guy that I would look to. I think, I think you could make a full stack here out of this Minnesota team. Um, Wells, is a, there's some talent with Wells, but like you said, said the strikeout rate has been down a little bit. Um, I like these Minnesota bats. And the, the Baltimore bullpen, while they put up some decent numbers so far this year, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm buying that completely. So I don't mind attacking Baltimore as a team. 
Matic on the other side of this game, you know, looking at potentially attacking him with power bets. Like his biggest issue, I know he hasn't given up a home run this season. He's thrown and he's been throwing a ton of strikes and not walking anybody. So I don't know if I like fully want to stack against him. And I mean, stacking Baltimore doesn't sound fun on any slate, but I think Mullins at 4K is someone you could potentially look at. Santander is 2,900 here. If you need to save some money, um, I mean, I don't know if Mancini plays. Odor is such a big strikeout risk, but he's 2,600 um, at second base. I don't mind looking at Baltimore as some one-offs here because they are really, really cheap across the industry. Yeah, d- definitely good pricing on them. Um, I like the Mullins play. Um, probably the first guy I would look to. And then everybody else is under 3K if I'm DK here. So definitely could find myself with a little three-man. Like you said, Paddock has has pretty good control, so I don't know that I would full stack them, um, Baltimore not being the most talented lineup. But I, I could do a three-man of like a Mount Castle, Santander, Mullins type of thing. All right, cruising along here. We got New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays facing off in Toronto here. Eight and a half total in this one, and it's kind of a pick 'em game everywhere. We got Montgomery against Stripling. Do you have any interest here in Jordan Montgomery? I think he's in play. The price tag isn't outrageous. Um, not the biggest strikeout guy, and Toronto doesn't doesn't strike out a ton, so he's not one of my favorite options. Uh, but if he's coming in super low owned, I I could see maybe getting to a little bit of him. Um, but a lot of respect for that Toronto offense. So won't be one of my higher own pitchers, but I don't mind him for tournaments. That lineup could just get so right-handed heavy. Um, uh, you know, they faced Valdez on Sunday and I think Zimmer was the only lefty in the lineup. So with Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Guriel, I mean, Chapman is someone that when he's not striking out against lefties has a ton of power. Kirk is a catcher that has power against lefties. So, while I don't think Jordan Montgomery is like a bad pitcher by any means, I also feel like his he's maxed out at 86. He's thrown under 75 in three of his four starts. They've been very quick to yank him, and he doesn't have the strikeout ceiling in a, in a low strikeout matchup. So probably going to pass on Montgomery here. And then on the other side, Ross Stripling going up against the Yankees. This is definitely a spot that I don't want to attack. Stripling gives up power to both sides of the plate. He's a fly ball pitcher against a team that if you can't blow the ball by the Yankees, you're going to struggle. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no interest in stripling here. Yeah, neither, neither do I. The Yankees are, I believe, one of the top stacks on the slate. I think they are the top stack on the slate. Um, I mean, you can make an argument for Toronto on the other side of this game. Montgomery's a better pitcher than stripling, so I'm going to be on the side of the Yankees here. Rizzo, Judge, Stanton. LeMahieu, Donaldson, all expensive, but we've talked about some cheaper pitching. You know, a guy like Higgs or Torres will be in the lineup, so you can get one of these cheaper or two cheaper bats for the Yankees and play them here. But I love the Yankees in this spot. I just they're they're I think it's like I said they're the top offense on the slate for me. Yep, I'm with you there. Judge has been absolutely on fire. Um, don't mind paying that that price tag for Rizzo and Stanton. Um, LeMahieu at 5,200 is probably the guy I would leave out if I was stacking, um, just not a ton of upside there. Not a huge power guy. I'd, I'd rather play somebody like Donaldson at 4,800. Um, if Hicks cracks the lineup, he he's down at 3,800, but 
uh, and Gallo is still still really cheap. Um, let's see, he looks like he missed the game Sunday with a growing issue, so I'm not sure if he'll be in there. But if he is, he's only 3600. You mentioned uh, Stripling's uh, fly ball tendencies uh, and and power troubles, so definitely targeting the Yankees top st- top stack for me as well. The Blue Jays, I mean, when we're just looking at like overall ceiling and stuff and upside on this slate, then I think we have to look at Toronto here, you know, because we have two decent pitchers pitching in New York. Um, Yeah, I think we'll talk about Houston when we get there and we'll talk about Tampa when we get to there. But I mean, look at the ballpark that Tampa's in there in Oakland. So, you know. Just looking at overall ceiling on the slate, Toronto has to be in the conversation uh, against the lefty. They have a ton of power here with all these right-handed bats. Um, I did read that like uh, Teoscar Hernandez is getting close to being back too. I don't think he'll be back for this series, but I mean, just something to kind of note. But yeah, I mean, Gary Allen Chapman, if you're stacking this team, they're under 4K and they're both good against lefties power-wise. So yeah, I mean, definitely looking at the spot. Yeah, I, I have respect for Montgomery. I think he's a pretty decent pitcher, um, but this Toronto offense, he can play at any time, especially the top three with Guerrero, Springer, and, and Bichette, just all outstanding hitters with, t- with a ton of power, um, all back from the right side of the plate, which is what we want against Montgomery. So definitely like them. And then Guriel and Chapman, like you mentioned, are, are just a little bit too cheap. So I, I do like the full stack here as well, even though Montgomery is not generally a pitcher I, I like to pick on. Yeah, not typically, but I mean, on the six-game slate, I'm willing to roll the dice a little bit here because, I mean, we're going to get into this next game here, Atlanta at New York. There's no total out for this game. I think, like, the Vegas was still kind of waiting for pitching, but I checked a few spots, and it looks like it's going to be Freed and Bassett facing off against each other here. So, assuming that is the case – and I think the Mets are still playing on Sunday Night Baseball, too, so we could potentially be waiting for a line for that as well. So, um, I mean, let's start here with Max Freed. Max Freed's a good real-life pitcher. You know, we talk about it all the time. He's a good real-life pitcher. He has shown a little bit of upside this season. My my biggest problem with the Mets is they're just one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball this season. Um, I think you're going to have to wait and see what the lineup looks like. If they run out Nimmo and McNeil and Dom Smith type lineups. All right. Well, Max Fried has a lot more appeal if he's going to get three to five lefties in this lineup. Yeah, that's a, a great point. The Mets strikeout rate is down around 20% for this season. Um, and Freed's not a huge strikeout guy to begin with. So I definitely would have Lopez and Bassett ahead of him. I mean, as an ownership play, possibly. But uh, I do think that the upside is, is pretty limited here for Freed. Uh, 9,300, just a little bit too rich for me. Uh, I, would, I would rather get more exposure to, to Lopez and Bassett, I think. Yeah, and like Bassett here on the other side of this game, I mean, he's been strong to start the season. And, I mean, this is a good ballpark for pitching. My biggest concern for Bassett is just this lineup with Acuna in it is so much better than with Acuna out of it. Um, Bassett's been great against righties, generating ground balls, getting strikeouts. There's not a lot of lefties in this lineup. These are just good hitting righties. And like, that's a little concerning, but I mean, 
depending on like Lopez's ownership, I think Bassett's probably the best pivot. I could make an argument for Freed if the lefties are in the lineup for the Mets, but I, I think these are the two guys that you're potentially looking at to pivot off of Lopez. Yeah, definitely. Um, Bassett, I think, is still just underrated. I don't, I'm not sure people realize how, how big of a step he took last year. And then, I mean, he's continued that in New York as well. Uh, 28% K rate. That's, that's pushing like really good pitcher strikeout uh, territory. So um, definitely some upside, also some risk as well with this powerful Atlanta offense, but they're getting a ballpark down rate downgrade going into city field, uh, a fantastic pitchers park. So um, even though it's a tough matchup for Bassett, I do think there's some strikeouts in this Atlanta light lineup uh, and I'm fine with him at 9,600 here. All right. Bats in this game. On the Atlanta side, anything standing out to you here against Bassett? Nothing really standing out. I mean, they're they're all they're priced up finally on DraftKings. They've been too cheap all, all year long. Um, Acuna back definitely does lengthen that lineup and, and make them a more powerful offense. Um, but now that pricing is kind of adjusted to them appropriately and, and they're going into a, a pitcher's park against a, a really good starting pitcher. So not a ton of interest. Um, I could do Olsen as a one-off Acuna. You can always play, um, but I, I don't have a ton of interest in the, in the full stack. Bassett has pretty good control and decent strikeout stuff. So not, not won't be one of the offenses I'm really targeting as a stack. I like Olsen here. I don't think a lot of people will play Olsen and Albies and Bassett does have pretty extreme splits. Very good against righties struggles a lot against lefties. Fly balls go up. Hard contact goes up. ISO goes up. Um, so I don't mind one offing like an Albies or an Olsen here, because like you said, the Atlanta Braves are, they're kind of priced up. And then, I mean, Max Fried on the other side of this game, I mean, Max Fried's a really good real life pitcher. I think, you know, you could potentially one off like Alonzo or Escobar and just kind of home run hunt, but I'm not going out of my way to stack against Max Fried. Yeah, just really good control, keeps the ball on the ground a lot. Um, not a great part for home runs here, so I agree with you. I, I don't want to stack the Mets. Alonzo is is under 5K. I can definitely get behind that as a one-off, um, but not looking to stack. All right, Seattle at Houston is where we go next. This game, eight and a half total, and right now it has – the Astros anywhere from 125 to 130, but we're going to be waiting to see if Marco Gonzalez is going to make the start dealing with a little bit of a wrist injury. Jake Odorizzi should be the pitcher here for the Houston side of this game. If Marco pitches, do you have any interest in him here going up against Houston? The price tag is um, a little bit rich for me in this matchup against Houston. Houston, not as strong of a, a lineup as they have been. Um, with losing a couple guys to free agency and Altuve being on the IL. Um, Gonzalez is 8,600, got hit uh, with a line drive in the wrist and left his last start. So that, that's why he's questionable here. I, I mean, if he if they're running him out there, I trust that he's okay. I just I don't love the price tag in this matchup with Houston. Yeah, I mean – He's 8,600. We have so many good pitchers in this price range today. I don't think I pulled the trigger. And, like, even if we look at, like, the lefty, the the lineup against left-handed pitching, like, 
Tucker Alvarez both have power against lefties. Um, so it's still a little concerning. And I mean, Diaz, Gariel, McCormick, they're solid against left-handed pitching. So it's not like this is a bad lineup. It's just not as good as it used to be. Um, for sure. I agree with you hundred percent on that. Jake Odorizzi on the other side. I really don't want to play Jake Odorizzi, <laughs> even at 6,200, even facing Seattle. Um, I don't have any interest here in Odorizzi. I don't either. I really wanted to play Seattle when I opened up this slate um, and saw him on it, but oh boy, they are, they are priced up. <laughs> like this is one of the weirder pricing. Um, I, I, this, the pricing on Seattle is insane, but yeah, yeah no, no interest in Odorizzi for me. No, I love Winker in this spot. Um, I I think Seattle is an interesting stack just because I, they're so expensive. I don't think a lot of people will play them in this spot. But, I mean, you're going to need guys like Julio Rodriguez. You're going to need Kalinic, um to be in the lineup, and you're going to need them to perform in the lineup. So, Or you're going to need to double barrel like what we talked about earlier, maybe going – a paddock and a Gollin, um, Gollin and Rasmussen. Like we haven't got to that game yet, but I think there are like, there there's ways to stack Seattle on the slate with offense kind of a miss. Um, I think Seattle's in play. They're just, I mean, you got to get over the sticker shock. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're in play too. Like Odorizzi is a, a fly ball guy, gives up a lot of hard contact. So I I'm interested, even though we're talking about like Ty France at six K um, JP Crawford at 5,600 Suarez at 5,400 is, is fine. Even though there's a lot of swing and miss there. Odorizzi has a strikeout rate under 15% this year. So I I'm fine with Suarez at that price tag. Uh, I, I love Winker like you. Um, and then I think you make the stack work with, like you said, with guys like Rodriguez and Kalanick, um, who are down here under 4k Toro at, at 4,300. I don't mind. Um, but it's, it's mainly just the, the France Crawford Murphy pairing, all of them being above 5k, um, was quite shocking when I, when I looked at the Seattle offense. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Oh, Odorizzi's on the slate. We can, Oh, oh <laughs> that's exactly what I did. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Houston side, I mean, Houston's another team that I just kind of like here. You know, we don't have a ton of offenses to love. Gary L is 3,800. I think that price tag is super fair. Diaz is 3,200 at second base. Um, my favorite obviously is probably Bregman. He's kind of pricey, but Houston, assuming that Marco Gonzalez is going to pitch here, Marco is not a terrible pitcher, but I mean, we're we're limited. We're at the end of the day, we're just limited on pitching today or hitting. So, Marco Gonzalez, fifty percent fly ball rate against righties since the start of the last season, two sixty six ISO. Uh, the righties here for Houston are very much in play for me. Yeah, I, I love Bregman here, um, and I I'm interested in the lefties too. You talked about Alvarez and Tucker have both been really good against um, left handed pitching. Um, and, and not just like making good contact, like, like have big ISO numbers against them as well and, and low strikeout numbers. So I think they're, they're absolutely in play, especially if you're getting an ownership discount on them, I would not hesitate to put them into my stack. Um, Pena showed a little bit of pop here, so I don't mind him at 4,700. Guriel is underpriced at 3,800. Um, we'll see what they do with their lineup. They've been kind of mixing it around, but we should get McCormick at the top of the lineup against the lefty, I think. Oled Miss Diaz has 
been hit or miss on whether he's playing as well. He's only 3,200 and Jose Siri down there at 2,700. So we could potentially get some really cheap bats to fit in with the expensive Bregman and Alvarez and Tucker as well to make this a a pretty easy uh, team to stack. I will say this really quick before we move on to the last game. Jesse Winker is 2,600 on Fandle. Way too cheap. Wow. Yeah. Tampa Bay at Oakland is where we finish out Rasmussen against Jeffries seven total in this game. The Rays are 165 favorite. Um, I kind of alluded to it already. Uh, I think Rasmussen is someone that we we've kind of seen his pitch count increase and that, you know, that's obviously the first concern and always a concern when you're talking about Tampa pitchers, but I mean, there's a ton of strikeouts in this lineup, even with like Jed Lowry and some of these guys back. There's just a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. Like they've been playing Chad Pendry is a 32% K rate against righty since the start of last season. So I think a guy like Rasmussen who is in this, like I would call it like a mid tier range is at his 23% K rate going up against this team. It gets a bump because there's just so many strikeouts and this game's in Oakland. Yeah. I think he's a strong play. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, we finally saw that that breakout strikeout game uh, from him. He is a guy that had big strikeout stuff in the minors, had worked out of the bullpen a little bit for Tampa Bay and just hadn't seen a really long leash out of him. Um, he did get six innings, 84 pitches in his last one, and then this, the K stuff showed up in a big way, nine strikeouts against Seattle. So really like what we saw there, and this is a phenomenal matchup like you talked about. Oakland is, is second in strikeout rate in the early going this season, so totally with you. I, I think Gallon is the popular choice in this 7-8K range, so I, I don't think Rasmussen will see a ton of ownership. Um, absolutely love it for tournaments. For good reason, Gallon is in the popular yeah, play in this range. For sure. Good reason. I, I think, like you said, though, um, paying down twice for pitcher to, to be able to get your expensive uh, Yankees or expensive Toronto stack, I, I think that is absolutely in play. Uh, we talked about Pablo Lopez being a phenomenal option, but it's not like he's some massive strikeout pitcher. He's got a strikeout rate around 27%. I think that that you can match that with with a guy like Rasmussen. Yes, Lopez has, has the longer leash, um, but if he has a, a down strikeout game, you can possibly get Rasmussen to, to match him just in like per inning upside. I like him a lot less now that we have like gone through the games. Um, I will say that. So, all right. Oh, I guess Jeffries on the other side of this game. Jeffries is a 15% K rate guy from what we've seen so far from him. Um, there are strikeout in the, there's strikeouts in this Tampa Bay lineup. Don't get me wrong. I just he's 66. There's so many pitchers on this slate. I, I think I'd much rather play the Tampa Bats in this game. Um, I, I know like Franco and Choi, they're they're kind of banged up here, but I still think like this lineup is still good enough um, for them to get Jeffries. Yeah, Jeffries is kind of what Paul Blackburn was the last couple of years. Um, like he's got really good control and he keeps the ball on the ground, but he doesn't strike anybody out. Now Blackburn found a couple extra miles an hour this year and he's turned into a pretty good pitcher, it seems like. But I just, yeah, we talked about a lot of cheap pitching that we like on the slate. I don't think we need it here. Tampa Bats, I mean, this lineup, like I said, could be really bad. Um, I love Brandon Lau here. Should hit leadoff, should have that opportunity um, to get five at-bats. You know, Phillips, depending on where he hits, 
he's someone that I don't mind taking some shots here. He's 2,400. Brett Phillips is not a great hitter, but he has power. Um, so if he's in this lineup, definitely has some interest in him. Um, but yeah, Jeffries is a guy that, I mean, I feel like this guy is someone that could be hit hard. So Lau, Ramirez, Phillips, like these big hard hit rate guys are the guys that I want to target against him. Yeah, I, I mean, tough ballpark for home runs, so it's tough to just target home runs. I, I think you you want to stack here and just hope that that he's off. The Oakland bullpen is, is not good, so if you can get Jeffries out of the game in the fourth inning or something like that, you might get uh, several innings of a bad Oakland bullpen. I can get on board with that, but Lau would be my favorite. Um, Zunino is a cheap catcher with power. I'm, I'm always on board for that one. Um, I like your Phillips call, even if he's batting near the bottom of the order there. Uh, or Rosarena at 4,200 is, is fine as well. All right. Oh, um, any interest in the Oakland hitters here? They're, they're cheap, but just not a ton of talent in this lineup. Um, Rasmussen, I think is, is going to strike out a, quite a few of these guys. So I'm, I'm probably out on Oakland. Yeah, I'm probably out on Oakland too. Um, Play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here under 8,000 to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like today? I think there's a couple of pretty good options today. Um, I'll go with with the obvious one with the, the best matchup here is a gallon against Miami. I like it. I do. Um, I guess I got to go Paddock. I, I do think yep. like it could be Tyler Wells, but I'll go Paddock. Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Um, let's see here. I'm going to go Marco Gonzalez, assuming he gets the start. Um, talked about that Houston lineup not being quite as strong, but there, there's still plenty of talent in that Houston order. Yeah, I'm going to go um, Montgomery. I mean, the Toronto lineup is so hard to beat. It's just – it's stacked. It's – I, I don't know if I'd say the best top six in baseball because of the Dodgers, but I mean, I would put them in the top five for sure. I think you could make an argument for them being like top three as far as just one through six. So um, not many times this year, I'm going to play pitching against either one of these Yankees or Blue Jays. Um, give me someone over 4,000 to go yard today. Um, I'm going to go Aaron judge dude's been on a tear hitting him in bunches. He's got four home runs over his last five and six in his last eight games. So I like him to, to continue that tear against uh, fly ball, happy Ross Stripling. I like that call a lot. Um, I don't know. I was looking at this before we got rolling here and my initial thought is the, the thought I'm going to go with, uh, give me Rizzo. I like that too. Yep. He has nine home runs this year. Like he, he's just going to excel in this Yankees ballpark. Um, I, I love to see it. I think Rizzo, I mean, I mean, I know you're a Cubs fan, but I feel like he kind of got lost in the mix when a lot of, a lot of moves happen for the Cubs and he's always just been like a really solid hitter. Yeah, for sure. Super great dude too. Did a did a lot for the community while he while he was in Chicago. So yeah, just a good guy. I, I'm a big Rizzo fan too. Yep. All right. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Who's a cheap bet that you like today? 
Uh, give me Max Kepler. Just oh, too you cheap. Took my guy. I <laughs> knew you were gonna take him too. It's okay. Like when we play this game every day, like I, I know there's a good chance like my picks get like taken, and that's fine. I did have a backup today. I'm gonna take Julio Rodriguez. Um, I like that one a lot too. So on the road too, so potentially getting that fifth at bat if he doesn't get pinch hit for. So slow start to the season. I think he had a couple of hits yesterday, um, but super super talented guy. He's turning it around here, I think. Yeah, he is. I mean, they need Suarez to get going. Suarez is just striking out at such a high clip right now. They need Suarez to get going. Um, I think he has like two strikeouts in like five straight games from what I remember reading. Um, Give me a stack to score six or more runs today. The stack I feel best about, I think I like Seattle a good amount. I wish they weren't so priced up, but uh, I think they get it done against Odorizzi and put up quite a few runs here. Yeah, I'm trying not to go, like, super chalky here. So I'm going to take the Tampa Bay race. Um, I, I, just, I don't think Jeffries is a great strikeout pitcher. So I, I think that, like, the Rays could do some damage in this game. So I'll take the Rays. But, I mean, the top stack for me today is the Yankees. I don't want that to get lost, but. I'll be honest. I play three teams most days. I'm going to build my teams today around Yankees, Blue Jays, Tampa, Houston, Seattle. Um, I'm going to have a lot of bats from those five teams and just kind of condense. And like, I might like spread out my pitching today. And, you know, just looking at pitching in general, I could see playing over half the pitchers on the slate. So, I mean, that's, that's when it gets really interesting. I could see playing Lopez. We could make an argument for Bassett. If that Mets lineup comes out and it has the lefties in there, you could play Freed, Rasmussen, Gollin, Paddock. Like, there's a lot of pitching options on the slate. So I think I'm going to spread out my pitching. I think there'll be teams that I get two cheap pitchers here and, you know, try to get these Yankees, try to get these Mariners, try to get this Houston bats. So um, it's an interesting slate for a six-game slate. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Sometimes you get these smaller slates and it's just super obvious who the two best pitchers are, but we've got a nice little mix here kind of scattered all throughout the price range. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. It's, this is a nice little slate. All right, Keith, we're going to get out of here. Um, nothing up on prize picks yet. So no prize picks night before plays We're I will be on grinders live today. So if you want to come hang out on YouTube chat, I don't think much will change on this slate for me, depending on weather and if any pitchers get moved. But uh, come hang out. And, yeah, I think it starts at, like, 5 o'clock on the East Coast. So, you got a little, Dean. Yeah. Got a little afternoon NASCAR tomorrow, too. Or today, I guess. When, yeah. When we're... <laughs> NASCAR, like, I think it's, like, 78 laps, 76 laps in. So, I'm excited. Um I, I love how the race has started. I'll say that. Um, I'm very high on some of the guys that have led laps already. So there you go. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend. Good luck. And we will see you again on Tuesday.